Turn with me in your Bible, if you would, to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Yeah, I was thinking about mothers, and two things came to me. It's a dirty job, and it's a hard job. Uh, I prompted my memory of an old show. I don't think I've ever seen it. Maybe I've seen glimpses of it. Uh, did anybody ever see the show called Dirty Jobs? Anybody ever see that? A few of you have. Uh, a guy named Mike Rowe, he would go to various places that were some of the dirtiest jobs in the world. And uh, whether it was a fish hatchery or something like that, and just work in the smelly confines or the filthy confines. Uh, but he had a choice to where he goes. Mothers typically don't have a choice. And it's a hard job, and we really appreciate uh, what mothers have done in raising their children up and striving to raise their children up for the Lord. I thought this morning of Proverbs 31.10, who can find a virtuous woman, the question is asked. And it goes on to say, for her price is far above rubies. Now just hold on, ladies. Uh, you may already know the chapter. And, oh, this is where he tells us what all we ought to be doing uh, to be a godly mother. That's not what all this is about. Uh, but we will discuss that a little bit. Uh, but I, I want you to say all of us can aspire to the virtue that I'll ultimately talk about today. So either whether you're man or woman or you're younger or older, uh, you have children or you don't, this, this message can suit and fit into your life. Though The primary aim is going to be talking to our ladies about this. This virtuous woman... Can, is it kind of discouraging, ladies, to even read what all she was doing? Uh, when you look down through the list and you begin to consider, I think I get, I get discouraged and never read the chapter again, might be my response to this. Uh, this is actually a man sharing what his mom had taught him. Look at verse number, or verse number one, if you'd like. Uh, so he had gotten this from his mom. Uh, this information that he is about to give. One of the things about this virtuous woman is she never sleeps. Would you, would you look at a couple verses with me? Look at verse 15, where it says, She rises up also while it is yet night. So she gets up really early in the morning. But look at the end of verse number 18. Her candle goeth not out by night. You say, this isn't fair. I, I'm all right in the morning, but I'm a horrible person at night, or vice versa. Maybe you're a night owl, as they call them, and you don't do well at getting up in the morning. This lady does it all. Uh, this lady's up late at night and rising up really early in the morning. Did you notice she can do basically everything? Uh, look at verse number 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Look at verse 14. She's like a merchant ship. Have you ever been compared to a merchant ship before? Ladies, you're failing. You're falling down on the job. Uh, she's compared to a merchant ship. Why is that? Because she bringeth her food from afar. Uh, verse 16, she considereth a field and buyeth it. How many of you ladies have gone out and bought a field in your lifetime? What are you ladies doing? Becky raised her hand and she's not married. We'll get that story later. But anyway, uh, look at these things that she, this lady's doing. Verse 18, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. So she's obviously selling things. 
Verse number 19, she layeth her hands to the spindle, so it may have been clothing. Verse 22, she maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple, speaking of the finest of garments. And so she even does that well. I mean, she's not just, she doesn't just sew. She's a seamstress. And look at verse number 24 where it says, She maketh fine linen and selleth it. So yes, there is her merchandise that it spoke of earlier. Are you ladies starting to despise her a little bit? Uh, wow, look at the, the things that she do. And I just come to this conclusion. She's probably beautiful as well. Uh, it also, it sounds like in verse 17 that she works out at the gym a couple days a week. She strengtheneth her arms. Uh, so she's got a gym membership. You didn't know that, did you? Uh, did you ever see that before? You didn't, you didn't know she had a gym membership. Uh, and she's always so good with her words. Verse 26 talks about uh, the kindness and the, uh, the gentleness of her, of her words. All the while... What do we know about her husband? He's a deadbeat. Look at him in verse number 23. Her husband is known at the gates, and what's he doing? He is he's sitting around. He's sitting around talking with the other men while she's at home busy working. <laughs> My conclusion of Proverbs 31, let's close with a word of prayer. No, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> uh but, but you read through this and, and you think, wow, this woman's incredible. I'm supposed to do all this? Who can find a virtuous woman for her price as far above rubies? Well, I, I'm not living up to that expectation. Well, well, let me give you a little bit of hope. Look down to verse 29. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou what? Oh. This is the who's who of women. Uh, do you remember the old who's who's books? I don't know if any of you remember them. Uh, I remember them back in the 80s. You would see who's who for that year, who did important things in that year. And uh, I remember sometimes we'd flip through and see who were the who, some of the who's who of that year. And so this, this woman has it all, but notice she's excelling them all. So it's not saying necessarily that you have to do everything that she was doing. In fact, the Bible says that if we would compare ourselves amongst ourselves, it's not wise. Uh, maybe you're a very busy lady, but you look over and think, oh, I don't know how she does what she's doing. I've heard that from my dear wife, Karen. Uh, Karen is incredible at all that she does and... Uh, accomplishes i think karen could easily run a small country better than biden uh <laughs> that's obvious <laughs> anyway i'll get away from that really quickly uh but even karen at times will comment i don't know how she does all of that i'm thinking i don't know how karen does all that she's doing but anyway but sometimes the tendency might be to look at a woman like this and all that she's doing, and you say, well, I don't have those natural skill sets. Uh, I don't have a green thumb. Uh, my husband who's sitting at the gates hasn't given me enough money to buy a field, uh, and so on and so forth. Or maybe you might say, my mom never mentored me in some of those areas. Mom never taught me to cook. By the way, this lady is making food for everyone, basically. 
Not only is she providing food for her family, the Bible says here that she's also providing for the poor and needy. And again, so you might say, well, I don't have the skill sets that she has. I, I, I didn't have a mom to mentor me. In some, I had a good mom, but she wasn't able to mentor me in all of those. So what should we actually do? What should we actually look for? And really the theme where I'm getting at in this message is I want to talk to you today about what God is looking for in a lady. It's, this isn't the, who, the, the journal of women and what they are saying your expectations ought to be and your accomplishment, but what is God looking for? Wouldn't it be great just to be what God wants you to be? Not what everybody else is wanting you to be. Or again, not even trying to take on all the attributes of this woman who's excelled them all. So I want to talk to you about that today, being the woman that God wants you to be. Now again, for some of you say, well, that's not going to work for me, I'm a man. Well, we can be the men that God wants us to be as well. And it does, you don't have to be a, a mother, a wife, a mother to fit into adding this attribute to your life as well. So let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin to consider the scriptures a little more closely. Dear Father, we, I've come to you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, thank you for the ladies that we have in general, uh, the young, the older, uh, those that are mothers and those who are not. I also thank you for the men that you've brought to our fellowship. And may we now take some time in your word to consider what you would be looking for. What is the greatest of the attributes that could be found in our lives? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. By the way, in pleasing the Lord... Uh, it begins with salvation. And if you want to please your heavenly Father or the God of this world, it begins by accepting His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ gave His life on the cross of Calvary, not only for my sins, but the sins of the world. And so doing what pleases Him begins with becoming born again. It's... It's God's will that everyone be saved and become a born-again Christian. So it begins there. And we'd love to talk to you more about that as time would allow. Uh, by the way, next week I'm starting a series in the book of Romans, not doing the entire book, called Resting in Romans. And it's going to begin with two sermons out of beginning with chapter 4 uh, on salvation. And so if, if you're not sure you're saved, that they would be great sermons to come back to. Or if you know someone who's not a born-again Christian, they would be great sermons to bring them out to hear. Because I don't preach a lot of sermons just solely centered on salvation. But to truly rest, you must be saved. You must be born again. But let's pick up the Scriptures here. I notice in verse, verse 29 uh, that this praise may have actually come in come from her husband. Look at verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her, and maybe saying, and so maybe the children and the husband are saying, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. And by the way, this is a great day to at least thank your mom 
or uh, thank your wife for, for being the mother of your children for what they have done and for the excellence that they have shown. So I'm not sure that that phrase could have been what was coming from her family, uh, saying there's a lot of women out here doing virtuously, but you've excelled them all. Wouldn't that be great, heartwarming to hear from a, from a, for a lady from her family? But then look at verses 30 and 31. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gate. So not only should her children be praising her, and her husband be praising her, but even her accomplishments to some degree will bring her, bring her praise. But did you notice the key phrase in verse 30? What would be the key phrase... If you were to try to apply it to your heart and life, what would be the key phrase from verse number 30? Notice what it says there, favor is deceitful. Is that a key phrase? Well, it's good information, but not necessarily a key phrase. Beauty is vain. Again, maybe the thought leading that she was also very beautiful. But look at the next phrase. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. You know, I thought, ladies, that could bring a lot of hope into your life, uh, whether you are already a mother or uh, want to be someday a mother. This idea of, I don't have to have all the skill sets this lady had. Uh, It sounds like she may have been beautiful. sounds like she, she had strength. She had honor. She was highly respected. Her husband actually was respected when they sat at the gates. They weren't just merely being lazy. Uh, But uh, the idea there is they would discuss valued topics at the gates and uh, make even sometimes decisions for the city when Karen and I went to Israel. And uh, I would forget, I think it was Damascus maybe we had gone into and they showed where the men would have sat at the gates. And there were actually, it looked like just there were stones there. And uh, they would sit on those stones and actually no one would be allowed into the city without the approval of these men that were sitting there. And very often they would make discussions that would help improve their city or benefit their people. So, she had a husband that's praising her, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So you might not have the skill set. You may not have been mentored well in cooking in the art of taking care of the home and bringing up children. But the key focus here is something that every one of us can do, men and women alike, is fear the Lord. Turn with me now. I'm going to take you to two passages in Proverbs. Turn with me back to Proverbs now, chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. I know you're getting a little bit fearful. I haven't even given point one yet. We're okay. We're okay, all right? Uh, Partly because Sunday school is soon happening, so i got to get done. But uh, it's, it's much more than beyond that. By the way, did you even know that God would notice what you are and what you're doing? Uh, the Bible talks about in First uh, Peter chapter three that in the sight of the Lord it's precious. So a woman who is being very careful with her life, especially if she has a husband that, <clears throat> excuse me, that obeys not the word, 
in the sight of the Lord, that's a pearl of great price. So do you realize God does see what you're doing with your life? Do you realize God does see uh, how you're taking care of your home and your family? Do you realize God does see how you're, you're bringing up your children and mentoring them? So it is important that we be something that pleases the Lord. In fact, the fear of the Lord can be taken in several ways. Uh, but I really believe the emphasis here is on the idea of someone who reverences or worships the Lord. It can have the idea of in terror, responding. And at times I really do believe, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. At times I really believe a proper response to us is utter fear of who God is and what He can do. But I really believe for the most part, as we work through the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is actually talking about a holy reverence or a respect or a holy worship of our Lord. And so I want you to notice two things. I mean, the fear of the Lord in this prolonged days, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, according to Proverbs. Uh, little is better, or is better is little, uh, and with the, for those who have the fear of the Lord. So there are many attributes, but I find here that a lady that worships God will, number one, search for God. Someone who truly reverences or worships God, someone who is truly delighted with God, will continue to search for God. This is not merely talking about a redemptive search of needing to be saved, needing to be born again, but this is the idea here of someone uh, who really wants to know the Lord and get closer to Him. Look at verse number 29. Speaking of fools, it says, They hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of His counsel. They despised all my reproof. So again, if that's what they do, then the, the wise and those who are worshiping the Lord would do the opposite. Those that hated the Lord, they didn't want to have a knowledge of Him. They didn't choose to reverence the Lord or worship Him. They didn't want to hear His counsel. So that tells me the one that does fear the Lord will want to hear His counsel, will want to know Him better. A virtuous woman uh, not only worships, but I think teaches her children to worship. I don't want to show that to you now for the sake of time, but I think it's shown throughout the book of Proverbs. So then let's transfer into chapter 2. Let's look at this searching for wisdom and searching for this relationship with the Lord. Here goes the instruction to the Son, My Son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, then notice a couple of things that they would do. Incline thine ear. Verse 2, apply thine art. Verse 3, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest, liftest up thy voice. And that sounds to me like prayer, and I believe that's truly what it's speaking about. So one of the things that you'll begin to do is get into the Word of God. So a, a godly wife and a godly mother, a godly man, is going to be one that worships the Lord, and one that worships the Lord will want to know Him better. We'll begin to search for Him. We'll begin to incline His ear. We'll begin to apply His heart to the Scriptures. He's also going to pray about it, or she's also going to pray about it, by lifting up their voice and crying unto the Lord. Look at verse number 5. 
Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. When? When you're searching to know him. You'll truly understand what it is to reverence and respect and worship him as you get into his word. Let me ask you, as you, as you bring up children, how much time is be, spent being in the word to know how to bring up your children? Uh, so many times we adapt to what the society's doing. Well, I don't think it's best for my child if they have uh, maybe an iPhone at the age of four. Uh, but that's what everybody else is doing. I'm exaggerating just so I don't step on anybody's toes in here. I'm just admitting it right out. I'm a coward uh, to put an age to it. I don't know how you put an age to it. But I, but I know what's happening. Younger and younger children are being handed devices that even parents can't control. And, and, and they're not doing it because they find in the book of Proverbs or in God's Word, this is the best way to raise their children. They're just up against, this is what everybody's doing, I, and I guess i got to fit in. Ladies, it really doesn't matter what the world's doing. It just matters what the Lord wants of you. And just admittedly, if you allow them some of the pleasures of this world that unsaved people are allowing to their children, it's going to make your task all the more difficult. I'm just being honest with you. If you allow them to have all the amenities that the world has, you can raise, still raise a godly child or godly children, but it's going to be all the more difficult because there's so many more things they can access. There's so many more standards they're going to be up trying to keep up against. Uh, and it it's truly just makes your battle all the more difficult. And so I, I think what you need to do is just strive to know the Lord and what He expects out of you and raising your children. And you might in the end of life, and even by your own children, be called an old fogey or old-fashioned. That's okay. It's really okay. Because the most important thing is that we please the Lord. We are bringing up our children. We are to be bringing up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. As Hannah recognized, our children are the Lord's. They're not ours. And so we ought to be seeking Him to know how He wants them raised. And by the way, men, that includes you, especially if you're a husband and father, but it includes all of us. The, the idea in Christianity is, is not to just be a better person than everybody else in the world. No, it's to be unique. It's really to be set apart. And so guarding what we have and, and, and using it in a way that glorifies the Lord, yes. And really be careful to live for the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So I could continue to go on, but I think you understand. I mean, a, a woman who truly, and when I speak to the ladies, who worships God is going to be one that seeks Him. And I would encourage you to seek Him and seek Him on a regular basis. I understand you may not have... Uh, 45 minutes to an hour every day that you can put into Bible study and so forth. But I would encourage you to put at least a little bit of time every day. 
And then maybe have one day a week where you take some extra time and you, and you spend some extra time with the Lord. Maybe it is a Sunday afternoon. Maybe you're not a napper in the afternoon. And maybe uh, you don't like taking naps. And maybe everybody else in the household's basically got something going on and you get a little quiet time with the Lord. Maybe it's a Saturday morning. Uh, maybe it's a Thursday evening and the family's off doing something or the husband and children are active in something and you're going to just take some time to really saturate yourself even more. Seek to know Him. Then also seek to trust Him. If you would turn over to chapter 3, and I, that just seems easy, but that's not why I'm bringing it out. A, a lady that uh, knows the Lord will then be able to trust Him even better or easier. Can I say it that way? Is it true in your relationships? Maybe at work. Let's, let's simplify it and let's take it to work. Now, I understand not everybody's in the workplace right now. But the more you got to know that new person at work, the more you could trust them with a job or with a responsibility, maybe with some personal information. When you first met them, you couldn't share personal information or what's going on in your life. You couldn't share some of your fears or whatever. Or you couldn't share the uh, task with them because they just weren't, you just didn't know them well enough. But the more you got to know them, the better you could trust them. Well, same with the Lord. If you're struggling to trust the Lord, then maybe it's because you don't know Him well enough. Because really, as we get to know Him and His Word, we can find it. We can trust Him with everything. So let's go to a really familiar passage of Scripture. And again, the reason I've come here is not because it mentions trust the Lord. The reason I brought you here is because it mentions the fear of the Lord. So let's look at these verses very quickly. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. Where am I? Verse 5. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Again, I believe this is through prayer. And he shall direct thy paths. So here you are, you're trusting the Lord and, and praying, asking for wisdom. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So sometimes we, we have, we just in our own eyes, we think, well, this is more wise than even what God has. Or this is a better idea than I've seen in God's Word. But what we are to do is reverence the Lord. Trust Him and reverence Him. Now, look at how this develops on. The first true test of how much you're trusting the Lord is found in verses 9 and 10. Let's look at them. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of the, all thine increase. So you know whether or not you're trusting the Lord is if you can take at the beginning of the week and give the Lord first what you believe is due Him before you begin to pay the bills and buy everything else. Boy, that's trust. I'm going to give the Lord first. Before I pay my own bills. Sometimes people look at it this way. I'm going to pay for everything and hopefully by the end of the week I'll have something to put in the offering plate on Sunday. But the Lord says, you know what? A person that really trusts me will honor me, put me first with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And then he goes on to give the promise due to that. Time has elapsed, and I, I really can't develop it more. But dear friend, if you can't trust the Lord with your finances, how can you ever trust Him with your soul?
If you can't trust him with life's decisions, how can you ever trust him for eternity? So, ladies first. Ladies, you don't have to be everything that lady was. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to be beautiful. Uh, you don't have to have all these unique skill sets where you can plant things and buy things and, and make clothing and all that. You don't have to feed the, the, the needy. By the way, did you notice she was cheating? Did you notice that? Can I show it to you? I forgot to mention this earlier. This lady was cheating. Do you see it in verse 15? How was she cheating? Verse 15, read it. How was she cheating? Who would be the first to tell me? How was she cheating? I know Karen knows Barlett. That's one way, but there's even a bigger way. By the end of the verse, what does she have? She's got servants. What in the world? No wonder she's doing all of this. She's got servants around. So, see, you missed that, didn't you? Ladies are now circling that. <laughs> and so if your husband asks, why aren't you doing this? Taking that verse, that's the only verse you have to take him. You don't even have to read it to him. Just say, look at the verse 15. And uh, when you give me what she has, I'll do what you want, okay? Uh, she was cheating. But ladies, you don't have to do all that. The one that really will be praised is the one that simply worships God. And the one that worships God will get to know him and will trust him bringing up their children to do the same. By the way, maybe your mom, you say, well, I didn't have a very good mom. She didn't teach me to do this. I didn't have a very good mom. She was often out doing this. If whether or not you had a good mom is really not based on all that, it's on whether or not she really feared the Lord. You know, sometimes we want something more than even what God wants. Sometimes you didn't have a mom that was great and grandiose, but she was really simple and she did fear the Lord. If you had a mom that feared the Lord, she should be praised. Again, ladies, don't set your expectations on everybody else. Set them on what the Lord's looking for. By the way, we think Mother's Day is a great, this great day. You know, man, Mother's Day has to be the happiest day for ladies. No, it isn't. For some, Mother's Day reminds them of a lost child, maybe unsaved child, maybe a child that never made it to birth or died soon after. Sometimes Mother's Day reminds them of the fact they never could have children. Sometimes Mother's Day reminds them of the fact that their mother was quite brutal to them. But I want you to know, dear ladies, we can become what God wants us to become and to produce what God wants us to produce if we merely worship Him. Let's pray. Your Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to just merely take it to the very simplest of what you're looking for. May we simply worship you, seeking you and trusting you. Help each of our ladies to do so. Help each of our people to do so. Men and women alike. 
Father, help us not to set our standards by what is going on in this world, but help us to set our standards by what you've said in your word. And we pray all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.